we've been busy all of our lives and we suddenly have extra time, we can begin to wonder, what are we going to do? How could I not be busy? Because we so fill our days for most of our lives with busyness that we've forgotten that the author of our lives needs to be what fills our space and gives it value. And we can get back to that. That's an opportunity for you instead of a loss. Do you ever feel chippy or broken or useless? Maybe you think your only purpose in life is to go to the landfill now. You know, as the years go by, some of us find ourselves feeling more and more that way. We just feel imperfect. We feel overused. We feel cast aside. My guest today, Tina Yeager, invites us to discover how God uses reinvents, repurposes, even rusty and broken people. Let me tell you, this is an episode that you don't want to miss. So lean in and listen with my conversation with Tina Yeager. This is Carol McLeod, and I'm so glad you've joined me on the Significant Women podcast. Every episode is filled with stories of women just like you and just like me who've decided to use their pain for a purpose. They've determined to serve the unshakable kingdom of the Father, the Creator, God. So enjoy my conversation today with Tina Yeager. Well, Tina, I am so excited to have you today, and I know we're going to have a great conversation about a lot of things. But the first thing we're going to talk about is juggling, okay? Because your bio says that you understand juggling roles, which, come on, women get that. So tell us, what are you juggling today? The day we're recording this, what are some of the things you're juggling? Well, I'm newly appointed as the membership director for Christian Women in Media Association. So I'm doing some things with that. And I am getting ready to do some speaking at some writers conferences. So I'm preparing those things and I'm outlining some radio shows. And if I have time, I will work on an article. And later I have a meeting with my marketing team for Struck the Streaming Series. Oh my, I'm, I'm tired already. And in addition to that, you're a wife and a mom, right? Yes, but my boys are grown, so they're not in the house anymore. I just make sure I stay connected with them on phone calls. Yeah. So. Yeah. The nerve of children, they grow up and they leave grow up us. And they leave. I know. I know. Crazy. Well, you, you're juggling very well, let me say. But one of the things I'm most interested in and just visiting with you about today is the fact that you are a certified mental health counselor. And my goodness, women have so many things going on um, today. So Tina, what do you see as one of the biggest issues facing women today? I think women are concerned about who they are in Christ, and they don't really realize that that is the main concern. What they experience are the symptoms of that. Mm-hmm. And that includes things like overwhelm and yeah. stress yeah. and depression. People are suffering from shame in record numbers. And that kind of leads into all of those other mental health things that can resurface some old traumas, in fact. 
So what would you say, let, let's divide it into to different groups. What would you say today to a young mom home with babies? She loves her babies, loves her life, but she's just really overwhelmed. Give her one piece of practical counsel today. Well, the wonderful thing about our time when we have too much to do and too little time in it is that we have a God who existed before time and outside of time, he still exists. So he can order our steps every day if we learn to just simply be present with him in each moment and ask him, what do you want me to do right now? If we stay focused on where we are with God right now, instead of what we have to do next, that can take off some of the pressure of the overwhelm. And remember that God already put all the things that he has for you to do in existence. And he's already created all of those things for you before the beginning of time. And that was the order of creation. God put the plants and the seed bearing fruit and the things that we would need to do in before he even started time which is strange to me. I just thought about that this week, that before he created the stars and the moons to mark the seasons, he created the garden. Wow. So that was before time. We don't have to worry about our things not getting accomplished that are important. Just focus on what God wants you to do this moment and then ask him in the next moment, what do you want me to do now? And be present with him in that. Wow. Okay, now let's go to the other end of the spectrum for women. Let's talk to an empty nest mom, maybe a widow who has too many hours in her day. What, what's a practical word of advice for her, Tina? Remembering that who you are is not established only in the roles that you perform. So you are more than a mom. You are more than a wife. You are more than the person keeping this house, this temporary space that you live in. You are whose you are. Mm -hmm. So fill the extra space with consulting the God who made you and learn to rest in him. We work from rest, not for rest. And when we've been busy all of our lives and we suddenly have extra time, we can begin to wonder, what are we going to do? How can I not be busy? Because we've so filled our days for most of our lives with busyness that we've forgotten that the author of our lives needs to be what fills our space and gives it value. And we can get back to that. That's an opportunity for you instead of a loss. Oh, so good. Thank you. I know that's going to really encourage a lot of people. Um, so Tina, one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about today is anxiety. Because you're a, a mental health counselor, you you love the Word of God, um, and you really have your hand on the pulse beat of what's going on in Christian women's lives today. Um, so one thing I just want to say from the beginning is anxiety is not a sin. Um, it's a challenge. Certainly it's a mental health issue. Certainly sometimes it's a choice, but not always. For instance, I can be anxious about a choice. One of my adult children is making that's, that's the choice. I can either be anxious or not or anxiety itself. Isn't that a mental health issue, Tina, when you live in a world of anxiety? Talk to us about that. It is a, a tricky thing to parse out, whether it's yeah. a clinical issue or whether it is a passing time of stress. Those are mm -hmm. some different things that we can look at. But as human beings, 
we all experience symptoms of stress and anxiety at different times. Even Jesus experienced apprehension in the Garden of Gethsemane. He experienced such anxiety that he was sweating drops of blood. And that is a very rare and actual medical condition where you can sweat blood out through your skin. And that actually happened to Jesus because he was so stressed out about the upcoming crucifixion. So the good news about that situation is Jesus understands you when you're going through anxiety. He's already been through it himself and he is there with you, empathizing with you, not judging you. So as you said, it's not a sin. No emotion is a sin. It's what we choose to do in response to those emotions that puts us either in the direct and perfect will of God or outside of it in the way that we're coping with our emotions. And we can invite Jesus to come and be with us in those spaces and help us to get through those times of anxiety. And it is not a rare issue to experience even clinical anxiety. One in five adults will experience actual clinical symptoms of anxiety. It's very common. It's even more common in younger adults. That can be as high as 30%. So it is not a rare thing. Many people are experiencing this, but the good news is Jesus understands you and anxiety is a treatable condition. It's something that you can have a lot of tools to help you manage and work through it and continue to function and continue to remain at the feet of Jesus and in the will of God. So good. Yeah, Tina, one time I was reading my Bible and I realized, what? The Bible talks about human emotion. So I spent the next year, every time I read the word, I would circle the emotions that I was reading about. Anxiety, loneliness, bitterness, unforgiveness, gladness, joy. Every time the Bible um, referenced an emotion, I, I circled it. And and Tina, I made a list. I, I wonder what how you would respond to this of the emotions that the Lord says, oh yes, go there, embrace that emotion. Joy, gladness, rejoicing. The emotions that he says, oh, you weren't really made for that. You weren't made for worry. You weren't made for bitterness. That's that's not why I made you. Now, there's still human emotions, but that's not where the Lord wants us to linger. And then there were emotions, Tina where the Lord said, okay, you get to experience this, but I'm going to give you boundaries. And one of those was anger. That really scripture says you can be angry for about 23 hours and 59 minutes. And then you got to deal with it. You've got to work through it. You've got to put it aside. The problem is many of us bring anger from 20 years into today. So Tina, talk to us about that. Talk to us what to do about the anger we feel about abuse as a child, about rejection by a spouse. What do we do with anger? Well, anger is not a primary emotion. It's a secondary emotion. It's something that we use to cover up our vulnerable feelings. So if you're experiencing anger, it's likely the shell coating over fear or woundedness. When you were hurt, and you were experienced, if you had experienced abuse or trauma in your past, the normal response to that is anger. And anger is our set of boundaries that says, this isn't okay. Something's wrong. And I should recognize the red flag that this isn't okay. Even God and Jesus and 
in the forms of God, different forms of God there, he has expressed throughout scripture times when he experienced anger and felt angry at injustice and things that shouldn't be in existence. So it's normal to look at something that isn't right and experience this indignation, this anger response that this shouldn't be that way. How we respond to that is very important because scripture does say in your anger, do not sin. Yeah. So what we choose to do with that anger is what the key is, is to, as far as whether we're sinning or whether we're living in God's best for our lives. And I don't use the word sin a lot because sometimes people feel shame when they hear that. And instead of that, I think God wants us to feel conviction. Yes. He wants us to see that this isn't his best. Right. We can change that and we can move forward in his best direction. So if you have dwelt too much on bitterness and unforgiveness because of something that was done that was wrong to you, that's toxic to you. It's not toxic to the person who offended you or hurt you. So letting that go frees you. It cleanses your soul so that you can experience grace and healing and hope and joy from now forward. Yeah, I love that. Oh, Tina, I, I wish you were my next door neighbor. I wish we could just talk through these life issues every day. Um, and I'm sure my listeners feel that way. But one way we can get more of you, more of your wisdom, um, is by reading your books. I know you also have a podcast. We'll link all of that in the show notes. But um, I, your books to me are so interesting. Um I wanted to, I think it's your most recent book, Upcycled. Is that your most recent book? Yes. Uh -huh. Wow. So interesting. So the subtitle is Crafted for a Purpose. And, and Tina, first I have to tell you, I am the girl, goes to a craft show. The words, oh, I could make that have never crossed my mind one time. I'm like not a creative, but you have developed this beautiful book, Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose. Tell us about this book and the interesting components in the book. Well, first of all, you don't have to be an artist to do the crafts <laughs> that are in this book. They're very what? simple on purpose. So they can be done by pretty much anybody. And they're, they're made so that groups can do them together. And that way okay. you can kind of gather around a project. And it helps invite people to come together over the issues. And every message is centered on how God upcycles us. And he takes those old chippy places, those worn out things in our lives, and he makes us more beautiful and more purposeful than we ever were before we came to him with those messes. He makes our mess into his masterpiece. That's what the book is about. And it's meant to kind of gather us back together again over our discussions and in kinesthetic projects that we can then pay forward by giving to other people who need hope. So you can take those projects and donate them to local shelters, local children's homes, uh, go to your college ministries at your local college and pay that blessing into students that are away from home. So there are all kinds of suggestions as to how you can make that mission project out of God's mission in you. So you can do the book upcycled by yourself as an individual or with a group, Sunday school class, book club, small group, girlfriends. Is that, is that Absolutely. right? Yes. Mothers and daughters, however you want to do that. So tell me some of the um, issues that God upcycles in our lives that you cover in your book upcycled. 
Well, one thing is when we are experiencing loneliness, Mm -hmm. one of God's solutions to loneliness is finding people who also need connection. So he can upcycle your loneliness into a mission to reach out to people who need your presence in his kingdom as well. So taking that uh, homebody issue and making it into a hug and reaching out into the community to love on other people who are also alone. Well, we'll get back to Tina's story in just a minute, but I want to ask you a question. Have you ever wished that you could press rewind on something you've said? Well, who doesn't feel that way? I happen to feel that way, oh, nearly every hour of every day. But what I've learned over the years is that my tongue, this muscle between my pearly whites, is actually not my problem. My problem is the thoughts that simmer in my brain and the feelings that overtake my heart. And so because I've, it's become such a problem in my life, such a challenge in my life, you know what I did? I wrote a book. The name of the book is Guide Your Mind, Guard Your Heart, Grace Your Tongue. So if you have a problem with tongue control, this is a book you might want to read. It's a great book for a Bible study or a book club or to do with a group of girlfriends. So go to Amazon or my website, carolmccloudministries.com and check it out. Guide your mind, guard your heart, grace your tongue. Now let's get back to my conversation with Tina Yeager. Because of the book, one of its strong components is making something beautiful while you're learning about a place of pain or a place of growth where God's working in you. I have to ask you this question. Are, are you crafty? Like, did you come up with these ideas by yourself or did you have help? I do like to do crafts a little do bit. Do you? And one of the reasons I like to do it is because I'm a writer. And I love the fact that crafts are done. When you are writing a book, it's never done. You are editing, you are polishing, and then if you get it published, then you're marketing and you're marketing. and you're, Like it's never done when you're writing a book. So I love the fact that a craft can be something beautiful that you make and it's done and it's beautiful. And there it is. So I, I like to make necklaces and I like to make little art projects. It's not always things that I sell but it gives me that sense of really renewing my creativity without having to put it only into the craft that I am used for in my calling that is meant to be published and marketed and all of the things. It's kind of a refreshing thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like an R&R for you, it sounds like. Yes. In the book, do you, do you have a list of what you need before, so that you can go and buy the things before you do a certain chapter or a certain assignment? Well, like the title, Upcycled, most of the crafts center on things you might already have laying around. Oh, okay. Some of it's junk or trash, things that you might be getting rid of. I don't know if you can see behind me, there's a flower on the mantle. That is actually made from an old tin and a chicken tin in the middle. And the only things that you would have to buy is if you didn't have the brick or brack or the paint, you might already have some extra paint laying around. So I made that. It's a little tea light holder. So it, you can put it on the wall as a tea light holder. So, um, Tina, the book, Upcycled, is it written for a Christian audience? Um, or could I gather some of my neighbors to do it who maybe don't have faith? 
Well, it is written with a Christian audience in mind, but it's not exclusively for those who understand all the Christianese and the jargon. So it would be something that you could share with those who aren't people of faith, as long as they're not super opposed to a faith-based message. Got it. Got it. So another question I, I really wanted to ask you, Tina, about your book, Upcycled, is why? Why did you write it? How did the Lord give you this idea? Because it's a beautiful title, Upcycled. We can all understand the meaning behind it. But where did you get the idea from to make it so creative in content? Well, as we were coming out of the pandemic and people were allowed to start gathering again, I heard from retailers and from other people who were doing ministry, like women's ministry, that people were not choosing to gather again. We decided to get comfortable in our isolation. And I knew that people were still experiencing that brokenness and that pain and they needed fellowship and community. So I went for a walk and I asked the Lord to come with me and talk with me on my walk. And I asked the Lord, how can I help with this? And he brought to mind all of these beautiful artistic creations that I saw when I visited antique malls in my local antique stores and artisan craftsman places that I like to go shop in for my decor. And he said, center on these kinds of projects. And then I started to get into my mind all of these ways that we could take old items and upcycle them into craft projects and center around a project instead of just a message. And some people will come back together when they have something to do before they will come back together and just talk. And that was the idea behind Upcycled. And I was hoping also it would give us an opportunity to reach out beyond those little groups that are focused inward to love on the people in the community, like the veterans groups, Mm -hmm. the domestic violence shelters, the children's homes and those kinds of places where they need to hear that message too. And we donate the projects there. Oh, it's a fabulous idea. It's, it's really creative. Um, but Tina, tell us now about your faith journey. Have you always loved the Lord? Were you raised in a Christian home? Tell us what your faith journey has looked like. I was raised in a Christian home and I'm very grateful for that. I remember at three years old, I actually had a personal relationship with Jesus. I talked with him. I prayed with him. At three years old, I do remember that I recognized that I had sinned by stealing my parents' penny jar. And I put it back and I knelt down beside my bed and I prayed for the Lord to forgive me. And and I had conversations with him a lot. In fact, I was very alone as a child. I didn't have a lot of friends. So I would go on walks with the Lord and spend time with him. Unfortunately, when I got into college, that being alone and not having a lot of friends, I began to turn to want to get acceptance from people. So I made some terrible mistakes when I was in college and kind of walked away from putting God first without really realizing I was doing that. But it kind of, you know how one sin is not the first, the only sin, it kind of leads along a path until you've done some terrible mistakes. But God is good because he pursued me even beyond where I thought he might. And he brought me back from those places of shame and brought me back into relationship with him and helped me go from a place where I was very broken and very distraught and had gone through eating disordered behavior 
and wishing that I wasn't even here anymore at at one point. Mm -hmm. And the Lord was good at redeeming all of that and putting me in a place of being a helper for others who experience that kind of brokenness. Well, you know, we've talked about anxiety. We've we've talked about anger or or bitterness. We've talked about identity issues for a, a Christian woman. But but now in your story, you just used a word that I would love to linger upon, and that's the word shame, because so many women walk through life with regrets, and therefore shame. Um, it's common to the human experience. But what do we do, Tina? Coach us for a minute. What do we do if we are encased in shame and just can't escape it? We have a wonderful opportunity once you recognize that that's where you are to accept the key that's given to you freely to break free from that stronghold. The beautiful thing about God is that he is always standing there as that prodigal father with his arms open, waiting to bring us back. But we need to recognize that the voice of shame is not from him. God gives us a good gift in conviction. Mm -hmm. He helps us to understand what's toxic. That is like our spiritual nervous system telling us what not to do. But the enemy counterfeits that with the voice of shame. Mm -hmm. Shame keeps us stuck. It keeps us in a stronghold of accusations. And that's the name of Satan. That's what Satan means is accuser. So if you're hearing accusations in your head, that is not God's voice. That is the accuser's voice. So the first thing to do is to choose not to be aligned with the voice of the accuser. Not to join in and be part of that chorus and shame on yourself, but instead to accept the grace of God and choose before you feel it, Mm -hmm. choose to receive his forgiveness. And then you can begin to unlock all of those strongholds and break out of that cycle of shame and move into grace. Grace is not because we deserve it. It's because Jesus paid an expensive price for it. But the good thing about receiving that is it frees you to bless God back by living in his grace, in relationship with him, receiving Mm -hmm. his gifts and moving forward into life. Here's the difference between conviction and shame. If you know what your spiritual nervous system is like, it's very similar to your physical nervous system. If you're in the kitchen, you touch a hot stove, your nervous system tells you, ow, that's hot. Stop doing that remove your hand. And so you remove your hand and you stop doing that. And then you assess the damage. Did I hurt my hand? And you go heal it. You put it under some water, maybe get some aloe. And then you choose not to do that again. You remember from the pain, this is not something I want to repeat. And now I can move forward in that wisdom and cook for people and bless others with the gifts of my hands from now forward. But shame does this. It makes you leave your hand there a little longer because don't you deserve the pain? Mm. And then when you finally do remove your hand from the hot stove, you drop to your knees in the middle of the kitchen and you say, oh, what a fool I am. I'm not even going to get healing. I will never use this hand for anything ever again. (laughs) So that seems silly, but that's what we do when we're in shame. We don't use our gifts because we feel 
shame. We're stuck and we're paralyzed. You can always recognize the difference by the movement. Okay. So you can always recognize the difference by the movement. So that pertains to whether we're willing to move away from that place of wounding or not. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. Conviction always moves us forward in a healthy direction toward growth in Christ, whereas shame will hold you back or keep you down. Yeah. So good. Oh, Tina, that that was worth the whole podcast right there. What you just taught us about shame. So powerful. Tina, do you have a life verse? Do you have a favorite Bible verse that's just guided you? Well, I love lots of verses, so it's hard to pick just one. But right now, I do love Ephesians 2.10, for we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That is basically the message of Upcycled. It really is. I love that verse. I, I love it that you've attached that to Upcycle, that we were created in Christ Jesus. We're his workmanship to do good works. Um, Tina, you know, the name of my podcast is Significant Women. And so I always like to close by asking my guests, who have been the significant women in your life? It could be somebody famous you've never met. It could be a Sunday school teacher. It could be someone from the Bible. Who are some of the significant women in Tina Yeager's life? Well, in the Bible, I always loved Deborah. I loved that she was so unique and different in all of the roles that she played. And she was able to lead when it wasn't typical for a woman to lead. And she served God wholeheartedly with whatever he asked her to do, even though it must have been tremendously difficult and challenging. And I also can think of one woman who a long, long time ago I met, she was a woman of great faith. When I was newly married, I had just had my first child. It was, he was probably a year, 18 months old at the time. And I remember meeting this woman and she just told me her testimony. She had been through miscarriages. She had a child that after her child was born and was still an infant, her husband died. So she went through all of these tragedies. And yet this woman showed tremendous faith and joy in all that she did. I remember her calling me and saying, oh, I must have ironed my drapes twice already at least, but I forgot that I'd already done them because I was singing praises to the Lord when I was doing them. And I could not imagine enjoying my ironing enough to do it more than once. I really don't like ironing, but this woman (laughs) enjoyed the ironing because of the way that she praised God in all the things that she did. So that just left such an impression on me. And I wanted to grow into that kind of faith where I could experience joy in all things by honoring God during the things that I was doing. Oh, no, I'm never going to forget that, Tina. I have a picture in my mind of a woman ironing and just worshiping her heart out to the Lord. What a beautiful picture. Well, Tina, before we go, would, would you pray for my guests, especially pray for those women who are dealing with shame or anxiety today? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the healer of our hearts, our minds, and our bodies. So I pray, Lord, that you will help every woman listening, especially those who are experiencing the attacks of shame and anxiety gripping the breath in their chest. Lord, we 
We pray that you will help them to experience your presence right now and in the days ahead. Help them to know that you have your hands upon them and that you deliver each of us from our shame. Help them to see that you love them. Help them to see your face smiling upon them, pleased that they are your daughters. Lord, I pray that you will embrace them with the power of your Holy Spirit so they feel your love surrounding and wrapping around them and that they are approved of in the name of Jesus because Jesus calls us his own. So I pray that you'll help each woman who's stuck in a pit of fear to experience your supernatural deliverance into peace. And every time they experience fear, to just breathe in the presence of your Holy Spirit and center themselves in your presence and ask you to just hold them in this moment and ground them in now and the knowledge that they are your daughters. And I pray, Lord, that you'll guide and direct them to helpers who can support them and guide them through that fellowship of believers and that strength of loving support that they need the most. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Tina. The book is upcycled and we'll have all um, that information in the show notes. But thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Carol. Well, if you've been encouraged by today's episode, could I ask you to do one more thing that'll just take you a minute or two? Would you leave a rating and a review? This is especially important for us if you're listening on iTunes, but really any platform on which you're listening, we would love for you to leave a rating and a review. Also, did you know that you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's right. Just go to YouTube and search for Carol McLeod Ministries and it'll pop right up. That way you'll never miss a Bible study, a podcast, a conference, or anything else that we're doing. Um, You can find us online at carolmcleodministries.com. And as always, let me remind you, we have an app for the smartphone. So just go to the app store on your smartphone, whether you have a a Droid or an iPhone, and search for Carol McLeod Ministries. Again, it'll pop right up and you can read a blog, you can leave a prayer request, you can see where I'll be speaking next, but we'd love for you to join us on the app. Now, if you want more information on Tina Yeager, her website is Tina Yeager, that's Y-E-A-G-E-R.com. And I just really want to encourage you to purchase a copy of Tina's new book, which is titled Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose. You can add this to your library, or if you have a crafty friend, it might make a great gift. Well, my conversation with Tina has left me thinking about the creative genius of our God and our Father. And it took my heart to a well-loved, a well-known verse in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. You know, you count for something, my sister and my friend. You count for something beyond mascara, getting your nails done, or a number on a scale. God has created you 
with a divine purpose in mind. And part of the glory of living an abundant life is discovering what that purpose might be. So I hope that you'll roll up your sleeves today, get on your knees in prayer and say, God, why am I here? Show me your purpose. Because the Bible says that I am your workmanship, that you've created me for a special purpose. And you know what? If you do that, if you get on your knees and ask the Father and then spend some time listening, he'll speak to you. I guarantee it. Well, I hope that you'll join me next time, next week on the Significant Women Podcast.